0: I'm Garrett Sussman, and this is SEO in 2024.
1: Garrett, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024?
0: My number one SEO tip is to build a prompt library for AI content.
1: Okay, big follow-up question. Why?
0: You know what? The reality is... These LLMs, these chat GPTs, BARD, you name it, AI is here to stay. And I think that they're incredibly valuable for being able to generate content depending on your resources. But you want to use it as efficiently as possible in my mind. And so learning these tools now is going to future-proof yourself for both SEO and in any marketing capacity. So absolutely need to learn that skill set.
1: So where does a prompt library live? Is it actually within the AI software that you're using?
0: So it's really interesting. It depends on your use case. So I know, for instance, ChatGPT has recently released a enterprise version of their software where you can save prompt templates. A lot of people that I know have used something as simple as a Google Sheet spreadsheet where they will copy and paste all of their prompts there. Or you can use tools like AIPRM, which is a prompt library software kind of holder. It allows you to build your prompt libraries and have that in an organized fashion. Just so, I mean, the whole purpose of this is to be more efficient, right? So to make efficiencies within the efficiencies.
1: So are there any Particular prompts that you'd like to recommend from your own library. I mean, which which prompts do you think every SEO absolutely has to know?
0: Oh man, there are so many. As I played more and more with this technology, and it depends on your use case, right? So whether it's just ideation, if you're already building out your topic clusters, and I'm not saying use AI to identify keywords and search volume because it can't do that, right? You have to understand limitations of these tools but to come up with ideas, prompts around idea building for actually writing content. Now, always you need to make sure that you're checking your content, that it's factually correct and it's accurate, but to get that first draft out on the paper, paragraph by paragraph, section by section, these prompts can be incredibly efficient that way. Then specifically for SEO, we're talking headlines, uh, meta descriptions, Ah, uh, coming up with you know sort of regex formulas in you know for any sort of technical SEO and research that you're doing, those I would say are my most important. But the other thing I'd mention in terms of building your prompts is understanding your constraints, understanding the tone and your brand voice, and having these pre-built prompts that you can add on to other prompts, so you're saving time and maintaining a consistent output. With everything that you're using it for. Having that, you know, brand tone instructions for your prompts makes makes this stuff really good.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so tone, brand voice, so those are certainly essential elements to incorporate as part of it by the sound of it. So what would that mean in terms of, you know, precisely what you're using in terms of your prompt? Uh, h- how would you phrase that to ensure that Your first example, writing content is done to a consistent level.
0: Yes. So the way I usually build my prompts is I scaffold them. I stack different components. So I'll start with the role. Like what role do you want your LLM to be? Whether it is acting as an SEO or acting as a subject matter expert in the home services industry, like whatever you're writing your content about. Then the task, what type of blog post do you want? Do you just want a few short paragraphs, or do you want it to try to complete an entire blog post, which I actually wouldn't recommend. I would say go piece by piece. Then I provide context and constraints, any sort of context around the type of article as well as the constraints. And that's where the tone and the voice comes in, you know, whether you're using a certain style or, you know, you want to use, you know, a certain amount of bullet points or you want to avoid emojis or anything like that. Not that you use emojis in your blog posts. And then finally, if there's an opportunity to give examples of the type of output that you do want to see, the more specific the prompt, the better the output, and then you can fine tune it with different variables to make it reusable across different specific tasks.
1: Love it. So, how did you establish that that was the ultimate formula, or perhaps not the ultimate formula, but the best formula that you've come up with so far? Was that a lot of research online? Was that test and learn from yourself?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, there are a few different large language models out there. You know, OpenAI has ChatGPT, right? Google has Bard, which is based on Palm. Meta has Llamas come out. Anthropic has Claude. All of them have their own best practices for prompt engineering. So as you read this documentation, plus other people who are spending hours and hours testing, myself included, trial and error experimentation, you start to get this intuition as to what works and what doesn't work. So for myself, I can generate a prompt much more effectively, much quicker than I did six months ago. Whereas if you're getting started, you, know, you do have to get a sense of the nuances because even when you do create a perfect prompt, there's no such thing there is trial and error. you can never completely predict the outcome, so you have to be prepared to kind of tweak it to get ultimately what you're looking for, but it does still save more time than doing a lot of things just like from scratch
1: and to- starting I'm talking about from scratch, uh, I was testing chat GPT recently and I was continuing an existing conversation and asking it to come up with something else that was a little bit different, but it was halluci- uh, hallucinating to a certain degree by oh, by incorporating previous examples in the answer to my new question. So I guess that means that um, I should be starting a new conversation um, every time that I, I I want a slightly different answer, and if so. Does that mean that I have to teach it again?
0: Right. So there are pre-trainings that you can do. For instance, OpenAI introduced its custom instructions, which, you know, if you have that tone really well mapped out, you can pre-train it just by installing those custom instructions. AIPRM does the same thing with uh, custom profiles, where you can have that pre-trained so you don't have to do it from scratch. But to your point, if you're in a conversation, Chat GPT or any of these models will remember what you've already talked about in the conversation, but over time that degrades. The more that you write, at some point it is going to forget the beginning of that custom instruction or instruction in general. So there will always be an element of retraining. But the one thing that I want to emphasize is we are at the very beginning of this technology. So things that we're dealing with now are probably going to look vastly different six months in a year you know, 24 months from now. So take everything that you're learning with a grain of salt. It's more about learning how to use the tools and being able to adapt to as they get better and better over time.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm actually reading that web page at the moment. Um, it was published back in July the 20th, 2023, and they're saying that we're rolling out custom instructions to give you more control over how ChatGPT responds, set your preferences, and ChatGPT will keep them in mind for all future conversations. Is that something that's only available in the, in the pro levels, or, or is it available uh, for, for free as well?
0: On OpenAI, uh, I believe it's for free uh, at this time. I mean, obviously they could; they'll probably add extended capabilities for their Plus version. But the most basic version of the custom instructions is available there. Uh, on tools like AIPRM and some of these others, like Write Sonic, I think you do have to typically pay for them.
1: Great. Okay. And how do you establish? the right tone that you should be using. I mean, I, I guess you should combine what you're trying to do yourself with existing brand guidelines for the the, the 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 company that you happen to be working for.
0: Absolutely, I think you still have to do a lot of the hard soul searching work if you're a business owner, or if you're a marketer, like you have to understand your brand, you have to develop your brand identity The reason these tools are so effective, they're like Photoshop, you know? Like if you're already a great writer, it's going to help you more, but it's not ultimately going to turn you into a great writer overnight. You still need to be able to communicate effectively what you want. And and you'd be surprised how many people don't know what they want and they can't articulate it. ChatGPT might help you ideate some of that, but it's not necessarily going to solve that problem. So to your point, Yeah, if you have brand guidelines, you can take all of those and use those to pre-train it and then boom, you're already good to go. It's easy. But if you don't have those, you should consider building them out first.
1: And sometimes if you give a novice a great tool, it gives them an opportunity to shoot themselves in the foot even more quickly.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. That's why it is really important that I think going forward, the education around these tools is going to be critical. Like we've already mentioned, you said um, these tools hallucinate, they make up facts very confidently. So if you're not a subject matter expert on whatever content you're producing, you still have to assume that it's not always going to be absolutely correct. You have to double check or get a subject matter expert to review to make sure the output is accurate.
1: So how... Does Google feel and deal with AI content at the moment?
0: Oh, man. So, you know, they are, they publicly have encouraged it in the sense that you're not going to get penalized strictly for using AI content. They're kind of skirting the issue by saying that as long as content is helpful, then, you know, you can potentially rank, that you potentially, you know, will help users and therefore that's the type of content you know google wants so google is kind of a like it's not saying yes or no to ai content they're just saying it's how you use the tools and they're going to try to avoid letting spam unhelpful factually inaccurate content rank the highest but you know google google's under the gun anyway when it comes to the performance of search results in general They've done a lot of work over the last few years. And specifically, one thing to pay attention to that's adjacent to all this AI technology is the search generative experience, which is Google's version of basically integrating AI into search results, which I'm sure a lot of people in this book have their thoughts on and will share how that will impact SEO going forward, which is a whole other can of worms.
1: So once you've established your ideal prompts library, then AI is going to be producing content that's as good as possible for you, but obviously it's not going to be necessarily as informative and as correct as some human content can be. So in your opinion, where do humans come in? What part in the process should humans be Keeping for themselves, uh, are you talking about maybe early research stages or the latter, latter part of checking everything and augmenting content, or, or something else?
0: There are two major components that I think that humans are going to always be valuable in the content creation process. One is editing. Editing has already has just become so much more of an important skill than it was before because. Yes, AI will continue to get better and better and better, but the people behind it making sure, like AI doesn't understand anything. It's a very sophisticated piece of tech that can predict the next word based on its training data. It's like the most sophisticated machine learning, you know, language model, but it doesn't actually think. And I'm not going to speculate whether or not that'll become, you know, a thing that we'll have to deal with in the next 12 months or whatever. But right now it doesn't. That's one part. The second part is that subject matter expertise that is unique to people based on, and we've heard this so many times before, the EAT, right? Specifically experience and expertise. So, you know, being able to infuse any of your content with real experience from real experts who have, you know, AI doesn't know how to actually fix a kitchen sink. If you're a plumber, you want to talk to a plumber who, you know, deals with the, the newest types of pipes and knows how to like, I mean, not the plumbing has changed dramatically in technology over the last 10 years. Maybe it has. I'm not a plumber. But getting that specific expert to inform content, and that's what Google's going to care about too going forward, is like as you see more and more AI-generated content, this concept of information gain, new ideas that are helpful for users are going to help content surface to the top. So supplementing your AI-generated content with expertise and experience is ultimately going to be the best combination for SEO going forward.
1: Yes, and you mentioned future proofing as well. I guess that's the best way, or most likely, the best way to to future improve to future proof what you're trying to do as a business, because it's likely that AI is going to get better and better at writing content, but um, it's not necessarily going to be able to establish its own personas or individuals with presences. Online on social media that it can refer to at the same time as well. So at the moment, that's the the advantage that humans hold.
0: Yeah, I I think you know the technology is amazing. It has a lot of problems, right? We I remember when e-commerce first came to the internet, and none of us wanted to put a credit card in to to buy something online. And yet here we are, you know, a couple decades later, and you have like trillions of dollars online. With any of this technology, it's slow, but this isn't like Google Glasses or even VR. Like AI generative content is here and it is gonna disrupt a ton of industries. So don't put your head in the sand. At the very least, learn about it and understand what it can do.
1: If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in twenty twenty four?
0: Listening to people like me. No, I I do think you shouldn't get too sucked into trends um, that are being parroted on social media. I think it's very easy to chase a new trend, but SEO still is all about fundamentals, right? It's all about being helpful. It's all about internal linking. It's all about making sure that your content is easily consumable, discoverable. And so ultimately, my one tip is, Don't spend too much time getting caught up in what people are saying about SEO and just learn for yourself. Every situation is unique. That's why it's always, it depends, right?
1: (laughs) Great advice. Garrett Sussman is Demand Generation Manager at iPoolRank and you can find him over at iPoolRank.com. Garrett, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024 the book over at SEOin2024.com